What's up, guys? I'm gonna have to fix the banner behind me. That that that's uh, we switched up. You can't tell. You can't tell, but we switched up the office, moved it into a different room entirely. You can't really tell uh, because the background was always you know behind me, and and things worked out that way. But uh, uh, clearly, I have to lower the banner, so it's gonna be messed up for this episode. But but that that that's how things are sometimes. How are you guys doing? It's been it's been a, a a a little chunk of time since the last time I uh I gave you a brand new episode of Fritzcast and uh you know that's because life gets in the way things happen and uh you know things take precedent it's hard to get back into the grind of things when you have added bonuses of therapy and lots of work going on and other things um it's just tough to balance sometimes But as we work on this, uh, there, there will be more consistency uh, with the episodes of FritzCast. I think in the coming uh, weeks coming up, I'm plotting and I'm planning. And I think what we're going to do is do, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not so much focused on how many episodes I can pump out. That's not a big deal to me. The bigger deal to me is quality. Quality, not quantity. And... Uh, you know, can I can I bring you sharper, more focused episodes of Fritz Cast that still have my zany, wacky randomness and humor and all that, uh, but that are just you know more uh, more focused and and more pointed and and more focused on one or two subjects rather than a plethora of subjects. I mean, that was some, that was one of the things that came to my mind before I decided to sit down and record this episode. Uh, it, it, there was just, you know, well, well, what should I talk about? There's, there's, uh, man, there's the recession, which is, you know, it's probably going to hit a depression. Like there's things to talk about economically speaking here. There's things to talk about with the housing market, uh, stallings in the market, uh, uh, inflation, like my goodness, there's still, there's still a whole worldwide conflict with Ukraine and Russia going on. What, there's so much to talk about. And this is one of the things that got a little overwhelming, doing the podcast before and, and being tied in with social media, ex- especially, uh, this was this was something that was uh, hard to, to focus on because a lot of times I'd be sitting behind the mic and thinking about what can I talk about? What can I be, you know, how can I be hot button? How can I be fresh and on top of things when literally there's 9 million programs out there with 9 million opinions? And I've come to find that one of the ways to do it is to not be on social media. Not being on social media has been the greatest thing. The Roe versus Wade overturn is a prime example of this. I wasn't on social media. I didn't have, I had literally zero arguments. Zero arguments with people. And uh, I could I could have a ton of arguments with people. I really could. My views of of abortion have have been uh very up and down over the last decade especially as uh somebody coming from a a, a large religious background to uh to to what I am now a more agnostic uh, a level approach and and being a libertarian as well um fighting against government control and interference in people's lives this becomes a touchy subject amongst people uh because as soon as you say roe versus wade or abortion uh people are firing off at all cylinders and i kind of foolishly i kind of foolishly thought at the beginning of it that maybe this was just something that was done uh so that the masses would be at each other's throats again um kind of like the the next new wave of of what was going to take over and be the central focal point of our lives for the next couple months and what distractions did that mean what was going on in the background for those things I, I, that's probably a little bit foolish of me to think now um, that's conspiratorial fritz for you but it made sense to me I mean tanking approval ratings for Joe Biden um, horrible policy making decisions uh, the, the Democrats don't even support the guy um, he's, it just is, he just is, he's a guy, he's there, he's their guy and he's not Trump, that's Joe Biden for you, um, 
I can't. Uh, I can tell you, me this year compared to last year or several years ago, I would have been knee deep in watching. You know, the nineteenth press conference on something, and it, it becomes mind numbing. Really does become mind numbing when you when you think about some of this stuff. Um, so that can be it can become overwhelming to to think about what you're going to talk about on the show. Um, from time to time, it, it's way better if I have a guest scheduled. Uh, of course, if you watched last episode with Dr. Travis Corcoran uh, and his book, Restoring Reason, I thought it was a great interview, and I think Travis Corcoran is a great guy, and I hope to have him back on the show uh, very, very soon, because he has been one of my best and most intriguing guests, and it's funny that I could be out for such a long span of time and come back and have people reach out and talk about that episode, saying how great that episode was, how they're rushing out to go get a copy of Restoring Reason. And, and read it because they were so intrigued by uh, Travis Corcoran's point of view, uh, which is great. But I don't always have a guest. I don't always have a guest lined up. And, uh, and uh, when I don't have a guest lined up, it's, it's take a look at what's going on and what do I really want to talk about. And uh, so one of the things that happened while I was away, while I was gone from your presence... Uh, while this program was gone from your presence, uh, I, I, I really, over the last couple of months, have taken a huge, huge interest in the car market. Um, it's, it, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's still me struggling with addiction, I think, uh, because it's very, very, it's, it's very, very, I don't know, fun, tempting to, to sit and look at cars. Go on cars.com, go on autotrader.com. Go to the Craigslist uh, car and truck section. Just looking at things that I can't buy. <laughs> That's what it is. Things I can't buy. Uh, I only have one car right now. Well, so this is leading up to it. This is leading up to I took this heavy interest in cars. I started watching Scotty Kilmer on YouTube. Scotty Kilmer, if you don't know who he is, is a famous uh, mechanic that has a YouTube channel. Probably one of the most subscribed to and watched YouTube channels. Um for car-related, uh, you know, mechanical bugs, hacks, tricks, things, you know, from a, from a mechanic himself, trying not to rip people off and trying to teach people how to DIY some some things themselves. And uh, I'm always somebody that likes to to I will try DIY. Did it work so hot in my last house replacing the floors? Not so much, not so much. But guess what? I sold that house. I sold that house and I didn't have to finish that floor. That's, that's what I cared about. That's what I cared about. Am I going to do it in this house? Probably not. Not for a while. Um, I, I will eventually probably dabble in something like that. Uh, but uh, I, I will DIY, I'll DIY. I will dive in and try something. Um, whether it's uh, floors for, for a house, um, which, by the way, they were laminate floors. To, and and doing restoration on subfloors, which no thank you know it'd be fun. It'd be fun to do it professionally. Um, I w- I would love to do it professionally, uh, but you have to have <laughs> you have to have extremely good quality to sell that stuff. And I'm just gonna say, I don't think I did uh, so out on the quality part. I did. I didn't do too bad putting the floors together um, and squaring up the rooms and stuff. Squaring up rooms that aren't square. That's always fun. Try to square up. Next time you're in your house, pick a room. See if it's squared up. It's not. It's not squared up. And you know the flaws. I think that's the problem is that I know the flaws. I'm sure the people that came in to buy the house looked at the three bedrooms that were redone with the floors and thought, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, this is is all right. This ain't bad. Uh, But I knew the flaws. Like, I could tell if a board was placed, you know, a quarter of an inch off or if it was skewed in in a way that I didn't like. And uh, those were just, you know, those were errors. Those were errors of my ways. Uh, But I digress. Uh, I, I really got in this DIY kick with the car thing because uh, I've uh, prior to prior to the last decade, you know, getting married, having kids, and and being busy with things. Uh, I used to do my own car oil changes and uh, filter changes and dabbled in things like brakes, brake pads, uh, you know, rotors, 
And uh, th- these are simple things. These are like the simple little things that uh, technically, growing up, family friends and uh, mentors of mine in- tried to drill this into my head that, you know, this is the basic stuff that every car owner should be able to do. The baseline stuff that that you should know how to do, be able to do it to your, be able to do it yourself, not take it to a shop and shell out 40, 50 dollars for it to be done when you can spend 20 bucks on the oil and the filter or whatever and just do it yourself um, and take pride in doing it yourself because you know you're doing it the right way. And uh, I wanted to return myself to that and but for, for a couple of reasons. Reason number one is is that uh, we've been Kia owners for the last uh, for the last good chunk of time. I had a 2011 Kia Soul. I drove that uh, not until the wheels fell off, but uh, I think it was 130, 140 thousand miles uh, that I drove it to. And then, thanks to uh, temptation uh, and need of satisfaction of getting something new, bright, shiny, and new, um, we ended up trading in that car after this was so we had that car we leased a 2017 Kia Sorento which my wife fell in love with and is still to this day mad that we didn't keep uh she calls it her sexy my sexy anytime she sees a 2017 Kia Sorento she she swoons for a little bit uh but uh we had we had that for a three-year lease by the time that lease was up the uh, the 2011 Kia Soul was hitting 145 for like I said 130 140,000 miles and I just dumped like nearly $1000 into replacing belts in the engine um and things of that nature I bought the car at $30,000 certified pre-owned by the way it wasn't brand new uh the 2017 Kia Sorento leasing that was was brand new and then we we went all in and and we decided we were like oh we can we can just downsize we only need the one car and uh we turned that into a 2020 Kia Soul EX top line like you know all the belts and features it's the top line Kia Soul that you could buy for 2022 now back in december i had a little bit of a fender bender um probably my fault but we don't have to get into the details of that. Um, it was a fender bender. We did, nothing happened to me or the or the other driver. A little uh, l- little front work needed to be done on my car. They dented. I dented. The, I put a little di- bit of a dent in their uh, in their rear hatch of of the car. Not a big deal. We could both drive off. And neither of us were hurt. It was an accident. Whatever. When I scheduled the appointment through my insurance to get that fixed. Let's see, that happened in December. I called them. The earliest I could get into the body shop was January. I get it into the body shop January 18th. I didn't get the car back until March. The Like, towards the end of March is when I got the car back. And mind you, we don't have another car. And, bright people that we are, this is, this is where having kids... Because we're having a kid in the mix and not thinking about things uh, comes into play. Life lesson. Didn't have rental insurance. Had to pay out of pocket for a rental during the quarantines. Bad move. Don't do it. Don't recommend it. Uh, Because that was nearly like $1,500 out of pocket. Which sucks. Now... Thanks to th- thanks to uh, uh, some some things that were going on with the market and supply chains and all that, it's actually going to be reimbursed. So it's not that big a deal, but it was it was a life lesson because in the middle of that, we called our insurance up and we said, "Hey, um, know how we don't have rental insurance? Yeah, add that, add that uh, for safety purposes." We did that, and it was really really good. We did that because after I got the car back, not three weeks later, what I'm about to show you um, could be graphic. So, avert your eyes now, if you must. Uh, but this, well, look, this from this angle, the car looks great. It looks fine. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with the car in this picture, right? It looks pretty. That's the passenger side. 
right there. Um, <clears throat> but this was in the beginning of April. Here, here it Oh, look at that. Oh, my God. If you're listening to the audio, I'm sorry. You, you're losing out. Perhaps I'll put a picture of the screwed up car that the people who are watching are looking at as the title thing for the YouTube so you can at least see it or put it on the website. Maybe I'll just put it on the website. Uh, but yeah, this happened. This happened. And, and an accident that uh, I was not at fault for. I won't go into details, but uh, I was driving with my daughter in the car uh, on a Friday morning in April. It was like April, like very, very beginning of April. Hadn't had the car back for three weeks. And uh, a truck uh, from the middle lane of a three-lane highway crossed over wanting to turn down this street that I am now blocking and uh, royally effed up my car. <laughs> royally. Look at my door. Ugh. It's all bashed in and crap. Ugh. So, I mean, this isn't terrible. I mean, looking at this, you can tell it's not terrible. Like All the damage was centralized to, to, to the, the front driver's side. Uh, wheel bearing, door, you know, frame, all that crap. Um, that sucked. It sucked getting in that accident with my daughter. And what's really funny is that my daughter recounts this story and does not shy away from the verbal tirade that came out of my mouth as it happened, uh, which, to say the least, was very, very colorful language. And it's very hilarious when she re re recalls the story to people. Um, it's just hilarious. I, we probably shouldn't laugh and encourage that, but these are these are the things. These are the little things in life that you have to enjoy in times like these. So that that damage. Uh, I mean that the car was was non drivable, uh, you know. Even though the uh, initial, uh, even though the initial emergency response official might have asked if I could move the car after afterward, look, can I show you that again? He asked me if I could move the car after that time. I can't pull it back up now because I closed it out like a dummy, but. You saw the wheel. The wheel was like, you know, this is the, the wheels are supposed to be this way. And the driver's side wheel was this way. It was, it was dumb. But uh, needless to say, my daughter and I were fine. The, 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 looking at the important thing of it, n neither of us were hurt. My pride was hurt and my car was hurt. Uh, so like I said, this happened in April. Today is July seventh still don't have the car back yeah still don't have the car back i've uh well thank thankfully the other individual was found at fault and <laughs> this man's not paying for it <laughs> that's uh that's that's a, a blessing in disguise i think is what we call that so i've been rocking around in a hyundai kona I think a 2019 Hyundai Kona or 2020 Hyundai Kona. I'm not sure what year Kona it is, but it's a Hyundai Kona. Whatever, it's kind of comparable to to the Kia line. Uh, but uh, uh, Kia, as I ran about this, Kia has a bit of a bad reputation for I don't know. I forget the years, but up to 2019 for for you know engines just you know exploding. Engines aren't supposed to do that. They're not supposed to explode or spontaneously combust. They're not supposed to do that. Kia is kind of uh, have has has this uh, notoriousness uh, linked to a bunch of cars, a bunch of cars. Hyundai and Kia. Hyundai, of course, is is uh, Kia is like you know their sister companies or whatever. Um, I, I don't know the word that I'm looking for there. there. There's there's an actual word for it, but it's not popping in my brain right now. Uh, but, uh, luckily the 2020 Kia Soul dodged that bullet, um, for, for real bad engine failures and, and burning oil and all that crap. It just can't dodge 
a truck on a highway that plows into it. Just can't do that. Just it's not it's not in the mix. It's not in the cards. Um, yes, they're fixing it. By the way, like a bunch of a bunch of people were reaching out and saying, like, oh yeah, they're gonna total it. They're gonna total it. No, they didn't total it. They're fixing it. They're fixing it. They're fixing it. My insurance is probably like yeah, whatever, because it's the other guy's insurance is getting built. I don't, I don't know, but it was. This was a freaky point, which is driving me into the broader conversation that I'm about to go into. Uh, this sparked my interest in DIYing stuff with cars because I was like, well, I want to do whatever I got to do to keep this Kia Soul when I, whenever I get it back, if I ever get it back. Who knows? Who knows? It, it, just bury it at this, at this point. I don't, I, what do you want me to do? But when I get it back, I want to be on top of taking care of it. I do a lot of highway driving, which I just learned recently, that apparently highway driving is really, really good and healthy for your car. You would think it's the opposite. You'd think, man, you're putting a lot of miles on it, uh, and you're going at high speeds and all that. Well, apparently that's all very, very good for the car. It's stop-and-go city traffic that's not good for a car. Perk for me. But I want to be able to stay on top, you know, change my oil every 5,000 miles, and if I'm driving nearly 50 miles to work and back, and that's just on work, that's just on a work commute. If I'm doing that, I don't want to schedule appointments at, at Kia or at, or at a, another mechanic uh, joint every, every rip stitch when I can do that. Oil change and filter change is easy. Jack it up. Jack it up, pull the pin, drain oil, put pin back in, take out filter, put in new filter, put in new oil, boom, good. Like, it's not that hard. It's not that hard to do, and it's far, 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 far cheaper to do it yourself. Um, and it's just maintaining your car. So so this has been getting driven in my mind, you know. And and other things, too, like air filter. It's not that hard to do, you know, to just swap out air filters, cabin filters, you know, basic stuff. And things like Scotty, Kilmer's channel, teaches me to, to, you know, buy $40 scan reader tools that can, that can show me error codes and how to look for things and all that stuff. So it's something that I'm going to do. However, there was that brief time before we knew that insurance wasn't going to total this thing that, uh, we had, we, we, I had, I was, I was having panic attacks because if the car got totaled and I was just going to get a little payout, I was going to have to go in this market for a car and if um, you might not have you might not be paying attention to it if you're squared away on cars which if you are great good for you um it's not good <laughs> it is not good it's terrible um trying to find uh the, the new car production is down thanks to uh, supply chain issues that stem back from COVID. Um, the prices and inflation have set things way off base. Um, you know, another channel that I watch is uh, YAA. Um, and YAA is, uh, I want to, I don't want to screw this up. YAA is your advocate alliance you can go to joinyaa.com to join the um one of the greatest car communities uh built online by ray and zach shefska um and ray i believe is the father and he's a former car dealership and and their whole channel is is going over car dealerships and how they uh how they scam you and how they con you and things that uh things that they put you in a better position to go to the negotiating table even though going to the negotiating table right now for a car is probably the worst freaking idea you could have um straight up but uh, if you don't know what's going on in the current car market let's go to the chrome screen here uh because you can see a a thousand dollar monthly car payment is becoming increasingly normal in fact join yaa has cited that uh new cars oh look right there here it is because this is uh this is, by the way this data is from edmunds by way of axios um <clears throat> uh the average monthly payment 
Let's see if I can highlight this for you right here. The average monthly payment now sits at $712. Not that far off from 1000 bucks. Uh, and uh, used cars are averaging somewhere in the ballpark of like $400. That's insanity. That's insanity. And when we're talking used cars, I'm not talking like two to three years old cars or even five year old cars. I'm talking, I'm talking, well, yes, those, those ones, yes. Um, your thirty thousand dollars, but you can go back and look at mid two thousands cars with two hundred thousand miles on them. Selling for like fifteen grand. Ten grand even is is too much for what for what they're asking for. These these are cars that would normally I would ha- I would be thinking be going for about 35, 45 or 5500 and they're easily easily 3 to 5000 dollars more expensive. Uh and they're not worthy of that price at all. But it's crazy because in some cases you can't help it. In some cases I could have been in I could have been in that case. I could have been in that case if my car got totaled. I could have had to shop this market, which is horrendous. You not saying that you won't find a dealer that will sell to you at at, at MSRP or under. Uh, not saying that there aren't dealerships out there that have some incentives out there, but it's hard. It's increasingly hard um, to find that right now. And uh, the other thing that's going on in this market, and this is even this is even a broader subject uh that i wanted to to focus on um is the is the electric car push the ev push right gas is at you know 455 dollars a gallon um hovering around there uh it's kind of plateaued and stalled uh but you know it shot up from being you know just around three dollars to four out to five dollars and and it's it's crazy and nutty if anytime anytime I go fill up <coughs> excuse me anytime I go fill up on a on a near empty tank it's you know fifty five bucks nearly uh for me which I know is nothing to complain about there's guys out there with trucks who are about to say who spent one hundred and twenty dollars to fill up and it was only half a tank i you know I get that but but I'm saying, like, especially for a dude like me, I burn through gas. I burn through gas. My whole my commute is damn near 50 miles up, up a highway and damn near 50 miles back. And that's just me going to and from work. That's not including doctor's appointments. That's not including runs to the store. It's not including recreational stuff. You know, if we if there's time and money for that, you know, whatever that means. But this EV push couldn't be coming at a worse time, and of course, libertarian show, right? Of course, the government's at the forefront trying to demonize fossil fuel energy, trying to demonize gas-powered vehicles, trying to, in not really trying to incentivize people into going to an EV. I mean, I understand people are going to, some people are going to argue and say, well, there's the federal tax credit, credits. You can get up to $7,000 for getting, getting into a, an EV. This this isn't talking chump change here, okay? This is this is just factual speaking here. Uh, do you want to know what the average price of an of an EV is right now? The average price. Just take a guess. I'm going to give you a moment to take a guess because it's right here. Based on uh, Alex Partners, a recent report from Alex Partners, according to a recent article published by Autoblog, using that data from Alex Partners, the average price of a new electric vehicle spiked to $54,000. And buyers paid 22% more for a new EV year over year. Meanwhile, gas-powered car prices are up 14%, 
at an average of $44,000. I don't know about you guys, but $54,000, $50,000, $30,000 is an astronomical price. And what gets me is that people advertise these EV things. This is a family-friendly uh, EV vehicle, like the Kia EV6 or whatever. It's a family-friendly EV vehicle. It's forty-five dollars to $50,000, and it's marked up 25% in this market. How are people affording this? Is my question. How are people getting the financing for this? How are people... Getting into this, and the thing is, is that people aren't. Normal Joe Schmo, run-of-the-mill people, they're not really getting an EV. And if they are, they're getting one at a price tag of $700 per month in car payments. You're looking at it, got my car payments have never been above $300 a month. Never been above $300 a month. My first car, which was a 2001 Chevrolet Cavalier bought it for a dollar from our family friend who didn't want it or need it. Rocked out in that car for a little bit. Crashed it because I was young, dumb. Didn't check my tires and hydroplaned into a guardrail and torrential downpouring rain because I'm an idiot. Life lessons. Uh... That was my first car. No car payments. The only thing I had to worry about was paying for my insurance and gassing that thing up, and it was 15 bucks to gas up on an empty tank back in 2009, 2008, that range. My next car was a 2004 Buick Century that I bought used for around 10 grand. Uh, again, at that time I was, you know, that was, that was a forced buy. That was a, now you're going to learn about how you need to take out credit and buy something and make payments on it because you need it right now. Uh, it was a 2004 Buick Century, uh, for around 10 grand. And my car payments were like 200 a month or whatever. Uh, because when I was, I was what, 1920 at that time. Uh, I had excellent credit score. Um, I had an excellent credit score. I had money to put down as a down payment. And I was making $200 payments. I rolled that. Rolled it. Didn't finish paying it off like a freaking dummy. I had economics class in high school. Rolled that into the 2011 Kia Soul, which was a certified pre-owned with like 30,000 miles on it, which... That was my three hundred ish dollar payment into my current Kia Soul, which is a lease, which is sitting at a body shop because people are stupid. Moral of the story is you can never be too careful. Uh, but my payments for that are, isn't even three hundred dollars. Um, how people justify paying $700 for a car for a car not even for like a truck that they're using for work or something like just a car nutty to me nutty to me in a day and age when Ford can pump out Ford Mavericks at at like the lowest price at like $20,000 and it's a hybrid engine and it can get up to 40 miles to a gallon as a standard and people aren't pushing this more. Push people into more eco-friendly cars, more economic uh, and, and uh, fuel-efficient cars, hybrid cars. No, it has to be a straight, we're going into an EV. We don't have EV charging infrastructure. There was a study put out by University of California, Berkeley, like four weeks ago, about how the Bay Area in California has something like 700 almost 800 EV chargers in the Bay Area, and 27% of them don't work. Probably because it's California. 
But we don't have the infrastructure in place uh, to massively push everybody into an all-electric vehicle, let alone the fact that nobody can afford this crap. Nobody can afford to drop 50 grand. People with families on one income, and sometimes even two incomes, can't afford to, to, to get a marked up, a supremely marked up electric vehicle, plus the added expenses of getting a level two charger placed in your home, which by the way, could be anywhere from only a couple of hundred bucks to several thousand dollars to replace your entire electrical box because you don't have a 240 volt compatible box. But that's beside the point. But hey, you know, the government will give you $7,000 and that'll knock the price down. That'll make it more affordable. You don't get that up front. You get that back at tax time. You don't get it up front. That's not something that's going to help you buy the damn car at all. And furthermore, not t- everybody's all in. If you, you can look up most manufacturers, um, most manufacturers are pushing all their EVs and, and, and unveiling their plans for their all-electric vehicles, right? Our power structure and our grid and the, the primary source of our electricity is still in fossil fuels. So if we push everybody into an EV vehicle for that, that you know has zero emissions, zero emissions is a buzzword. Zero emissions, but we now need to pump out even more electricity to make sure that you're juiced up for your commute in these cars that cost $50,000 that only have ranges of like 230 miles. Now, I understand some people's commutes aren't like mine, where they're going 50 miles to work and 50 miles back. For those of you who don't math very well, that's 100 miles. Okay. If it's a 230 mile capacity at 100% charge, which you're supposed to charge them up to 80% and not 100%, another caveat they don't tell you, uh, for the lifespan of the battery, I'd be plugging in the car every damn day, every damn night. Well, every damn day because I work at night. So every damn day when I got home, I'd be plugging in the car, which means the wife's not going anywhere because it needs to juice up. And I need the range. And, there, and I don't have options at work, mind you. Don't have options at work. Nothing around work that, that would work out that way. So, EV's out. And you're, I'm, you're talking to a guy who had a reservation down for a Ford F-150 Lightning. And I'm so, so glad I rescinded that crap after I started researching this sh- stuff. Because these vehicles are, or, are majorly expensive. They're not slated to last as long as pulling out of a page of, of Scotty Kilmer's book here as a Toyota, a Honda, cars that you can push up to up past 300,000 miles on their engine um, so long as you maintain the uh, regular maintenance of it and don't abuse the crap out of it. You can push those cars to last a really, really long time. These batteries are slated to tank within 8 to 10 years and then what do you do? You, you replace the batteries? How much is that going to cost? Nobody even has the answers to that, let alone the fact that between now and then when you need a new battery, the technologies are going to advance so far that are you even going to be able to replace that battery? Nobody knows. Nobody knows these questions. Nobody wants to ask these questions because the cool thing is to get into an electric car. Surprisingly, surprisingly though, Not every car manufacturer is out there saying that electrification is awesome in the way. Stellantis says electrification is killing the affordable car. Uh, Stellantis-owned Citrion is worried that electrification is making it difficult for motorists to buy an affordable car by driving prices up. One of the company's top executives said this trend is a real threat, and his comments were echoed by the group's by the group's chief manufacturing officer. "Quote: It's really a threat that the electrification has increased the price of the car so much that people can't afford cars anymore. It's a real threat, not only regarding Centrion, so we're increasingly conscious of that and working on this," explained 
Arnaud Ribault, the head of Centrion's European division, in an interview with British magazine Autocar. Going hybrid and especially electric threatens to drive some buyers out of the new car market for several reasons. One is that the cost of the raw materials needed to build a hybrid or an electric car tends to be higher than the cost of the raw materials required to make a comparable gasoline or diesel-powered model. For content or for context, the Citroen C4, a crossover with a fast lake roofline, starts at 22,900 euros with a gasoline burning three-cylinder engine and 35,300 euros with an electric powertrain note the difference in that price figures that represent about twenty three thousand nine hundred dollars and thirty six thousand eight hundred dollars respect respectively huge difference even when the ev's longer list of standard features gets factored in um Furthermore, in this article, on our side of the pond, the 2022 Hyundai Kona carries a base price of $21,300 with a 2.0-liter four-cylinder engine between its fenders and $34,000 with a battery under its passenger compartment. Uh, But these points don't matter to someone with a budget of $25,000 or less, for example. And it's amazing because I'm driving a Hyundai Kona right now, and I'm telling you, it is a four-cylinder gas little crossover SUV type of vehicle. And I average 40 miles to the gallon on my drives to work in it. It's actually averaging better than the uh, 2020 the 2020 Kia Soul that I have, which averages anywhere between 35 and 37. Uh, so averaging 40 in a gas car is pretty damn good. Not to mention the fact that there's sedans out there, Toyota Camrys and Corollas, uh, Honda Civics, and uh, what's the other one that I'm thinking of? I can't think of I can't think of the name. It's the hybrid one that they have. Um, but they're they're out there averaging upwards of forty to even fifty miles to the gallon, even on some hybrid powertrains. The hybrids are a little bit. Uh, more expensive than the gas-powered ones. Well, well, right now, you can't even use that in this market because everything's driven up. Everything's more expensive and, and just out of uh, people's hands. Uh, and, and on top of that, what what's another EV thing that's out right now? I mean, yes, Ford is out here um, with, with, a, with the, the Mustang Mach-E and the Ford F-150 Lightning... Uh, uh, Chevrolet is in the works with uh, their electric EV Silverado, which is basically just an avalanche-looking type thing. <sighs> GM has has one one of the most expensive uh, coming out of the of the Hummer, uh, but a uh, lots of uh, lots of other EV startups. I mean, like Tesla's Tesla promised a that the Model 3 would be affordable to people, and that's out the window. They just raised their prices up on all models across the board, uh, not to mention the fact that uh, they're kind of overhyped. Everybody wants to talk about the Cybertruck. Cybertruck's not out. When the Cybertruck is actually in production and coming out, we can talk about it. Until then, who cares? Why are we even talking about it? But there's lots of other startups um, trying to do EVs. Rivian is an example, doing the trucks and getting trying to do the SUVs, but but they haven't been able to. But they've also been hemorrhaging money. They've been losing a lot of money um, and having production issues and output. But how about this? Fisker. Fisker. Remember Fisker? I live in Delaware. The old GM Wilmington plant. That forever rotting away. Fisker was a different company at the time. Uh, It wasn't Fisker Incorporated. It was like Fisker Motors or Fisker Automotive or whatever. Won a bid for the site and promised to bring all these jobs to Delaware for manufacturing and all that. They went belly up. They, They had to start they had to start auctioning off their debt and their assets. The the site got taken by some Chinese company in an auction. It sat some more. Finally, a, a realty development company bought it, tore it down, 
Now it's an Amazon warehouse factory that is larger than the GM plant that was on that footprint. Fisker is asking their Ocean One reservation holders for $5,000 down payment, non-refundable. Non-refundable. If you if you, if somebody pre-ordered, look at this right here. Fisker Inc. is asking its Ocean One reservation holders to shell out an extra $5,000 in a non-refundable deposit for a pre-order on top of the $250 previous holds that they've put in to secure a reservation for the electric SUV. According to the American automaker, the $5,000 is considered a down payment and applies to reservations of the Ocean One launch edition only. Henrik Fisker came out uh, just just uh, a, a day or so ago to explain that uh, that this is guaranteeing people their vehicles, uh, but everything else that I've read on this suggests that there there is no there is no hard line uh, of when this can deliver, and they're losing money. They're losing money. Uh, at the end of last quarter, this is the same article uh, from electric.co, uh, as of the end of last quarter, Fisker had about a billion dollars of cash on hand, and it's losing more than $120 million per quarter. Fisker Oceans, the, the original promise to deliver the electric Fisker at $37,500. <clears throat> I sincerely doubt that that is going to happen, especially if the market continues the way that it's continuing now. All this is to say that uh, thanks to a car accident, I got really interested in cars. I've been tracking the market heavily right now. Uh, I really wish I had a second car for our family all things considered, but I'm not going to drop damn near 10 grand that I don't have on a car that should be 65 grand used. We're not even talking new. Please, Sal, I'm to talk about, uh, I want to make the fact just that's, that's, not, that's not even worth car. It's an intriguing electric car with so, so limited, only rich people are going to be able to buy them. Uh, unless I don't know, maybe somebody, maybe, maybe somebody will get into a thousand dollar a month car payment. That's, that's, it has a truck version, truck version as well. Uh, there's like 70,000 reservations in for this car. That's a hundred thousand dollars, which by the time they actually sell it and mark, but by the time somebody actually buy it, isn't that crazy? That's just nuts. But that does it for me. For this week, guys, it was cars. It was all cars, 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 and a little bit of politics. It was in there, right? We can push to last.
350,000 miles. Any, any, any of that. But I won't buy it. I will, I will not buy it at an astronomical price. That's just ridiculous. But that does it for me, guys. Uh, I hope you have a great week. Uh, it, we had the 4th of July. I didn't do a 4th of July episode. Shame on me. That's that's the breaks. I got to fix my banner. What is here? Uh, to keep in touch with me, I am going to kick up a blog to put out more thoughts and uh, expand on some things and 